Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Dorkside Toys. At DorksideToys.com, you can get the latest Star Wars toys, as well as Marvel, G.I. Joe, The Walking Dead, and more. Run by toy fans, you can be assured your order will be given great attention and packed with care. Sign up to their social channels now for stock alerts, reviews, and toy and movie news. DorksideToys.com. You'd be a dork not to shop there. Welcome to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and convention coverage, hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other listeners, find links to our Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube pages, support our Podbean crowdfunding campaign, and much more. Star Wars Action News, covering the whole galaxy of Star Wars toys. Welcome to episode 479 of Star Wars Action News. This is Marjorie. This is Arnie. Excited to bring you this week's show. We've got Steve joining us from across the pond to talk Celebration Europe. We're going to be reviewing Kotobukiya's Artifacts plus Captain Phasma plus Comic-Con, Comic-Con, Comic-Con. And Jerry and Brock talking some Tops cards. Wow. Yeah, Comic-Con is coming up, which is a very arduous convention. But first is, of course, Star Wars Celebration Europe 3, Episode 3. They're not calling it 3. They've stopped numbering, but that makes it even more confusing. So we'll clumsily say Celebration Europe 2016. Steve and Daryl are there to cover it. And they are leading off the One Force stage schedule Saturday morning at 1030, along with the Star Wars Collectors cast having a live podcast. So be sure to... Head right over there when the floor opens on Saturday and check them out. They're going to have some special guests. And Hasbro announced an exclusive figure. We knew this was coming. From Toy Fair, they said they were going to have a Celebration Europe exclusive, which is the first time Hasbro's had a Celebration exclusive figure for a while. Yeah, it's been a long time, hasn't it? I think the Boba Fett with the Han and Carbonite. Well, that was a shared one. Yeah, and that's what they're doing here, kind of, too, is... The Celebration Europe exclusive will be available also at San Diego, but the San Diego exclusive, we're still not quite sure if it's going to be at Celebration Europe, and the San Diego exclusive figure will be available at the London Film and Comic Con later this year, so it's getting a little confusing what's on this side of the pond and what's on that side of the pond. So wait, the San Diego one's going to be at London London, Film and Comic Con. But it's not going to be at Celebration Europe. We don't know. We don't know. But it's not been announced. Right. Okay. This is very confusing. Just buy whatever you see. And the Celebration Europe one will be at San Diego. So therefore, does the transitive property hold that it will also be at the London Film and Comic Con? And limited amounts will be on Hasbro Toy Shop. But at Celebration Europe, you get an exclusive Kylo Ren unmasked with a slew of accessories. Everyone's after that melted Vader head, which I can melt Vader heads all day long. Just give me some fire. (laughs) But it wouldn't be 
a miniaturized prop replica. Sure it would be. And this is an unmasked Kylo Ren, our first time getting that. And the accessory he comes with is his own mask, Vader's mask, and then a giant banner for the First Order. So I guess you could get a whole lot of those and really recreate the scene where Hux is riling up the troops. The banner's an odd accessory. Well, Steve's going to be there in person trying to get one. It's a little bit tricky to get, even if you're at Celebration Europe. So here he is to give you all those details. Greetings all, this is Steve the Ginger Prince, man in the UK for Star Wars Action News. And it's all going a bit Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru over here at the moment. Our political system's collapsing quicker than Starkiller Base's thermal oscillator, our pound is about as valuable as Republic credits on Tatooine, and my football team got knocked out of the European Championships faster than you can say BB-8. Even Celebration Europe seems to have been a bit tarnished by a bit of the negativity that's hanging over the UK like a dark cloud at the moment. Just last week, the queuing and ticketing system for the event was announced, and I've got to be honest, it seems unnecessarily complicated. As a university-educated, registered scientist, I like to think I bring a certain amount of intelligence to most situations. But I've got to be honest, it took me more than two reads to try and get my head around just exactly how punters will be expected to get into celebration and enjoy the events that they've already paid for. Starting by queuing for a wristband to the main celebration stage at 6 o'clock every morning is a new one on those celebration veterans, and it's only the start because then you have to queue to get into the venue. The organisers obviously thought that dressing up all of this in cute Star Wars references to shoots and light speed lanes would soften the blow. But if you thought you weren't going to be faced with an excessive amount of queuing, think again. On top of this, the recently revealed cost of acquiring the autograph of some of the actors behind your favourite characters was like being hit by a bolt from Chewbacca's bowcaster. At the inaugural Celebration Europe in 2007, I paid £85 to meet Mark Hamill and get his signature. An experience I'll never forget, partly for the fact that he seemed more interested in my wife's chest than he did on talking to me. Anyway, if I wanted to get his autograph in a couple of days' time, I'd be forking out £135. Let that sink in. £135. That's a whopping £50 more, an increase of 59% on the original cost. And it's not just the big three. It'll cost you £30 more for Tony Daniels, £25 more for Peter Mayhew's autograph, and £15 more for Kenny Baker. This can't be right, or justified, and he's made even more obvious by the fact that if you want to get Jeremy Bullock's autograph, it'll be exactly the same price as it was nine years ago. I salute you, Boba Fett. The price isn't the only disappointing thing. The range of guests is really limited. The same old tired faces, no one from the new film, and no first-time signers plucked from the wealth of minor characters that the franchise has. So with all of this, am I actually looking forward to Celebration? You bet your ass I am. And so should you be if you've got a pass. Celebration Europe isn't about the panels or the autographs, it's about the experience and the people you meet. Those friends you only see once every, that's no moon, and those folk you're going to meet for the first time. Yes, of course I'd like to see Rianne, Ryan, Rain, Johnson talk about Ep8, or that Welsh fella talk about Rogue One, but bollocks to it if you think I'm getting out of bed at 6am to queue, if I can get into a side room where they're going to stream those panels. Yes, if I didn't already have Luke's autograph, then I'd want it. But think how many cool collectibles that £135 could buy instead. There'll be plenty to do and see besides the celebration stage in the autograph hall. For example, the display of costumes and props from Rogue One is sure to be awesome. The Biker Scout Charity Helmet Project continues a proud tradition started at the first Celebration Europe with the Vader Helmet Project and will be a must-see. 
The fan and collector stage are some great panels, looking at areas as varied as science, technology, engineering and maths in the franchise, collecting in the current economic climate, and the unique effect of the British company Palatoy on Star Wars toys. A particular must-see on this stage will be the that's no moon, that's a pencil sharpener panel at half past one on the middle day of the con. It's to be joint hosted by my good friend Craig Spivey and will focus on vintage Star Wars stationery from UK licensees such as Helix and Letraset. The Galaxy stage and behind the scenes stage also have some great looking panels, ranging from an appearance by the folks from famous waxworks Madame Two Swords talking about their excellent Star Wars exhibition, through to an opportunity to hear the genius Doug Chang talk about the work he's done in designing the Star Wars universe. And don't forget the One Force stage. In particular, turn up at 10.30am on the middle Saturday as we join forces with the chaps from the Star Wars Collectors cast to bring you some live podcasting action. We'll be covering what we found at the first day of the con and we'll also have a couple of special guests joining us live. Of course, even if you're not at the con, you'll be able to hear the show a little later on. But if you're there, we'd love you to join us. Talking about what we'll be finding on the con floor, there's a number of con exclusives that I'm particularly excited about. As someone who's dabbling in the 6-inch Black Series line, I'm of course interested in the Hasbro Black Series convention exclusive, an unmasked Kylo Ren that will set you back £32.99. He comes replete with a lightsaber, cool melty Vader head, and a nifty First Order banner that makes it look like he's got a stall at a Knights of Ren convention and he's setting up ready to attract new members. Sounds good, doesn't it? But the real trick will be getting hold of one. The figure will be made available from the Forbidden Planet booth, which will release a limited quantity of the figure on each day of the con. But it's not that simple. One needs to collect a ticket for a figure from a queue hall, and then take it to the booth at a time specified on the ticket, either 10am to 1pm or 1pm to 4pm. This elaborate purchasing procedure is apparently to maintain civil order and avoid chaos. We'll see if it's all necessary. At the last Celebration Europe, there seemed to be loads of the Black Series 6-inch Boba Fett available, and you could get as many as you wanted. Forbidden Planet seem to be the must-go-to store, as they're holding a number of other exclusives. The Star Wars Insider are doing two variant covers for the show, one dark side with Ren on the front and one light side with Rey on the cover. Which will you choose? Well, at £7 each, I'm certain I won't be picking both up, despite being an Insider collector. Also at the FP booth, you can pick up an unpainted prototype of R2-D2 in one-sixth scale. I'm not sure who's manufactured this, but for £199, I think I'd want it to be finished. Recently on the show, there's been a lot of talk about the Tamashi Nation's Japanese styly figures, and there's a special version of their Tapu Ashigaru Sand Trooper available at their booth exclusive to this con and San Diego. What's special about him appears to be a new charcoal black pauldron, but he's also armed to the teeth with a couple of cool guns and a katana. You'd think twice about trying to Jedi mind trick him. There's only one exclusive that I will absolutely have to pick up though, or else my recently celebrated 20 years of marriage might be coming to an end rather quickly. And that's the three-piece plush Ewok family set limited to a thousand pieces at the Toink Toys booth. Now this papa, mama with baby and toddler set of Ewoks in a basket doesn't look anywhere near as good as the one we picked up at a previous celebration store, but the lovely Suzanne has to have all the Ewoks. To be truthful, it'll be nice to have stuff to consider buying at Celebration. The state of collecting on the pegs is a bit woeful at the moment here in the UK, particularly in the three and three quarter inch field. I'm really, really disappointed with the range of Force Awakens figures that we've been given, and within that, what we've actually been able to find. I'm not fussed about articulation at this stage. There are loads of exciting characters in The Force Awakens that Hasbro could make in 5 or more POA that I would buy at the drop of a hat. But we've been limited to different versions of Kylo, variations on the troopers, and a handful of the other main and incidental characters. 
Of that, there's a lot I just can't find, no matter how many Asdas I draw around. For example, the more articulated funny hairstyle layer has been a complete non-starter for me, as has the Takadana multi-pack with the Mascanata figure in, and the lesser articulated chubby-fingered Uncar Plot figure. With these more recent figures, I'm having exactly zero portions of luck. All I see is further and further reductions on Guavian Enforcers and Cheap Ghost Tours. All good if you've played the long game, and, and that's the proper long game, not Berent's version. I have played the long game on a few of the pricier Figure Plus vehicle sets, and I'm hoping to now pick up a few bargains. For example, I found the First Order Stormtrooper Commander with Assault Walker in the Disney Store yesterday for £12.47. That's a big saving on the original £24.99 sticker price. I'll chuck the walker as all I want is the figure, but I can live with it at that price, when I would never have picked it up at full price. Without a shadow of a doubt, the best thing I've picked up in the last month, and possibly the best thing I've picked up in the last five years, comes from Justin Justin, our very own Justin. As soon as I saw the custom vintage style cards that he'd done, I wiped my bleeding eyes dry and then got on his website and ordered me some. If you've been on my Twitter lately, that's at TGP73 if you haven't, you'll have seen that I took my Loose Force Awakens Akbar and put him back in a plastic coffin on one of Cozy's cards. And I love it more than I could ever love a child. The good news is that with the creative talent's blessing, I'll be giving away a Force Awakens figure on one of Justin's custom cards over the three days of celebration, along with some other goodies from JK himself. All you need to do is follow mine or the Star Wars Action News Twitter to find out how. Anyway, that's enough waffle from me. Lord knows you'll be hearing enough of me over the next couple of weeks. Don't forget to turn up at 10.30am on Saturday the 16th for some live fun and I'll pass you back to the people that we all know you wish were able to podcast live from Celebration Europe, Arnie and Marjorie. Thank you, Steve. Now, just to translate for the Yanks who listen to this show, since there are more of us than there are in the UK who listen to the show, 135 pounds used to be worth a lot more in dollars, but it's $175.30 at the current exchange rate. So that's how much you're paying for Mark Hamill's autograph. Oh, if you're going to London and you live in the States, do not get it there. It might be near that when they come back here, but... I'm thinking it's going to be cheaper. He's really making a lot of appearances anymore. Well... Also, the exchange rate isn't so good on that Kylo Ren. First of all, with the ticketing system and everything, it sounds like it's going to be as hard to get in Celebration Europe as it is here at San Diego Comic-Con, where also there's a ticketing system and have to go to the sales pavilion or Mm -hmm. go for the full body contact to preview night. That's what we do. Yeah. But stateside, that Kylo Ren figure is $44.99 for one figure... With a banner. But it's an exclusive. That's what you're failing to realize. Oh, I realize it's an okay. exclusive. But we're talking a 125% markup. But I guess I have a little leeway with that in my mind because it's an exclusive. And you're getting more than you would get in the regular figure. Yes, a helmet, which you might get in the regular figure, and a flag. I don't think you collectors are ever happy. I just feel an ouch in my wallet. At $44.99 for a single figure. I'm going to pay it. Don't get me wrong. But on Marvelicious Toys last week, we talked about their Marvel Legends exclusive. And it's a six-pack of figures for $120. That's 20 a figure, same as in town. This is one figure, which if this were, say, the Kmart exclusive. I mean, look at the Kmart exclusive Kylo Ren and the Kmart exclusive Ray that came with really nice bases. They're approximately equivalent, and they were about $25. Okay, 
but it's also Comic-Con. I guess I, I, I'm okay with this for some reason. Well, I am envious of all of the people over there at Celebration Europe. There is no convention better than a Star Wars celebration, and Marjorie and I, our thoughts will be with you guys. Raise a drink for us. Well, now it's time to talk about San Diego. Yes, we are going to have as exhaustive a list as possible of the announced San Diego Comic-Con exclusives so far. And probably more are going to be announced after our show is recorded just because sometimes things come out at the last minute and some people like to hold the anticipation. And we're going to be at San Diego Comic-Con covering all the collecting news, the stuff that isn't on sale, all the new Hasbro reveals. We're going to be periscoping as much as we can. We're going to be doing live videos on Facebook. So be sure to follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Our links are from SWActionNews.com. Don't miss out on this live coverage. I'm actually, thanks to the zen feeling I'm getting from Funko, I'm not getting in any lines Wednesday preview night. What are we going to do? We're going to broadcast live all the reveals at the Hasbro booth. All right. And maybe head over to Bluefin or some of those others and hop in those lines if they're not too crazy and live stream what's on there as well. So let's start with the panels before we get to the actual exclusives. Yeah, it's a little disappointing. Now, this is our 11th year covering... Star Wars at San Diego Comic-Con. But I kind of feel maybe it's because of Celebration Europe. But in 11 years, including those really dark years when everybody was just complaining that the same six vintage figures were on pegs and (laughs) the only Star Wars content we had were novels and Dark Horse doing a few comics and Clone Wars on TV. Wait, now I think there's a little bit of a difference now because people are complaining about the same six three and three quarter inch black series being on the pegs at Walmarts. Oh no, they're complaining about not being able to find the three and three quarter black series at Walmarts. Well, you can find them if you like Finn and Han. But in 11 years, I have never seen such a Star Wars light programming schedule at San Diego Comic-Con. There are a total of nine panels and really three of them are the usual official Lucasfilm collecting updates. On Thursday, Jack Specific is having their panel discussing all the Jack Specific stuff, and they do those Star Wars jumbo figures. So they're going to discuss everything, though, so it's not a Star Wars panel. Correct. And Thursday at 4 p.m., Jason Aaron, who's a writer for Marvel Comics, has a panel about him as well in all his comics works, and he does work on Star Wars. So not a Star Wars-specific panel. Then at 8 p.m. Thursday night, the 501st Legion has a panel about Star Wars villainous costuming. See, now, these panels are after the show floor closes, and, like, at 6.58, there's just this stream of people leaving, and I think that they got a really bad time slot there. They're presenting at San Diego Comic-Con. No time's a bad time. That's true. However, 8's kind of... 8 and 10... You don't want to be last and first. Yeah, well, we'll talk about what's on Friday. I mean, at 8 p.m. on Friday is the fan-organized Star Wars trivia, and that was packed when yeah. we went. Yeah, well, that's different. That is a tradition, and that's that's fun. I don't do good at live trivia, I tank. Now, Friday at 10 a.m. is Star Wars The Science Awakens, which isn't an official Lucasfilm panel, but it's scientists from NASA and a stunt coordinator and a number of people discussing the possibility of Star Wars tech and Star Wars occurrences in the real world. It's at 11 a.m. that the panels that we're used to covering start. Star Wars Publishing is at 11. It used to just be Del Rey, but now it's Del Rey, DKE, and 
anybody who has Star Wars books, I wonder if we'll see Disney publishing there now that they're putting out their own young adult novels. At noon, and if memory serves, that's a little later than it used to be, is Hasbro's Star Wars panel, which is the number one thing I'm going to this entire convention for. (laughs) And I pray they have a holy crud moment as big as when they brought out that TIE fighter last year at Comic-Con. Yeah, that was quite the moment, wasn't it? Their panel only ran like 35 minutes, but they pulled out that TIE fighter, dropped a mic, and walked. It was great. At 1 p.m., is the Star Wars Collectibles update with Anita Castellar of Lucasfilm Licensing. This is where you're going to find out about Sideshow, General Giant, FX Collectibles, Tamashi Nations, all these other more high-end collectible companies. And that is it, folks. There's no reason to have a four-day pass if all you want is the Star Wars programming. I do they even call it Star Wars Day on Friday anymore? It was not listed as such in the online schedule. Yeah. And that's shocking to me because... I mean, come on, Rogue One is coming out this year. We are very close. I just am expecting them to blow away Celebration Europe because I'm just shocked there's not a single Rebels panel at San Diego Comic-Con. There is not a single Rogue One, no Star Wars gaming about upcoming video games and things like that, like they had with Knights of the Old Republic and such. Maybe there's nothing to talk about yet, or maybe things are being moved to a different convention that begins with the D and ends at 23. That's possible. But what I will say also is we went to Celebration Europe 2 in Essen, Germany, Mm -hmm. and then we went to San Diego just a few days before. We had like a couple days in between. It was rough. It was. And- I wouldn't be surprised if all the people who would present at the panels I'm talking about not having are over at Celebration Europe presenting, and nobody wants, and some may not be physically able to do Celebration and then basically take a red eye, have one day, and now you're doing San Diego. No, there's three days. If you fly out on Monday, you get in on Tuesday. We fly out on Sunday. There's still con going on. They can't if they're working the con. Well, they are getting some good panels over in London. They've got some Rogue One panels and the director's over there and there's some Rebels panels and that's all absent here at Comic-Con. Yeah. Fortunately, though, I have never seen so many shopping opportunities for Star Wars collectors. And I'm just going to say right now that the key to Comic-Con shopping is always being a little bit choosy where you spend your money. Because if you were trying to buy every... Star Wars exclusive at San Diego Comic-Con and trying to get all the free things they're giving away that are exclusive there. First of all, it may not even be possible because there are lottery systems that go on. So you could do everything right and still fail. Yeah, you can do that. We've failed at Lego many times. We've never succeeded at Lego, to be honest. No, I guess you're right. I've gotten tickets to buy the exclusive but never gotten the minifig. Right. But... 11 years, maybe I'll be lucky this year. And Funko. Oh. And then wandering around that Lucasfilm Pavilion, you could spend a year's salary no matter what your salary is in a year. I don't care if you're entry level or CEO, you really can spend it. Well, I think that even just walking up and down the different booths and you get to indie artists also, you're just easy to drop money there. Before you know it, you're carrying lots of bags and you have no money. Well, We're not even going to go into all of the 
artist alley type stuff and everything. But we will go through the various collectibles that have been announced. Now, this is the information we've gotten from various sources online, reported as accurate as the best of our ability. But everything here is subject to change. So just that little caveat. Starting with 3D Innovations. That's a company I don't really know. I'm confused by this. Their exclusives are stickers, which are limited to 300 of each design. And they're kind of like that Jake art, but not quite. It's looking a little super deformed. Yeah, I'm going to have to say that they kind of borrowed an idea there. So they have some stickers. Full color duo stickers. These were announced on StarWars.com. They did not list a price or a booth number with them, but... If you are into this kind of cutesy art design, it's something to look up for. Actually, Arnie, 3D Innovations is the company that has those things that go on the wall that look like they're busting out of the wall, and they're like the lamps and lights. Oh, yeah, the one that looks like Darth Vader did a scene in Animal House and busted his head through a wall because he drank too much with John Belushi. That's exactly it. It's that company, so they've got stickers. Okay, so you'll be able to get the various lighting stuff and stickers. Now, Acme Archives, we have been covering them for so many years now, and it has been announced that they will have a character key. As of recording, they have not said who it is. Usually they make you do a special something for an exclusive one that's a top secret one also. Yeah, I always set up mobile alerts for their Twitter, and that's how we know because usually it's limited to like 25 pieces and you have to go down there and literally sing a song and dance. I had to sing the Narwhal song, and I just made up a song because I didn't know what it was. Yeah, I probably would have YouTubed it, but I actually enjoy sending you there. and I know, making me do all the crazy stuff. I know, I know. So I'm expecting two character keys, but it may only be one, as it's not yet announced. Now, over at Bluefin and Tamashi Nations, they've got Egg Attack exclusives. There's a lot of these. Oh, boy. Yeah, I didn't know about these until Daryl texted me as soon as they were announced, asking if we could grab them for him. And since we're over there and since we're in line, I might try to get these myself. I definitely want the Captain Phasma. I like any Phasma that's actually chromed, and they have it here. Fully articulated, $85. They've also got... The Sand Trooper with gold plating, which is really pretty. There's also a silver-plated Stormtrooper, which is really cool. And then on top of that, they've got a Millennium Falcon counterattack, and it's their magnetic levitating thing, which is kind of cool. I didn't get the levitating Millennium Falcon because, again, it looked kind of like Jake Art, super deformed. It really looked like a Galactic Heroes vehicle or something, but... I don't know. At a hundred apiece for the gold and silver stormtrooper, I want to see them in person. These are decent size. They're about six inches tall. They're really nice collectibles, though. So if I'm able to get any at all, and that is the key with any exclusive, Daryl, our video editor, gets first dibs, and I may or may not walk out with those. It all depends on how long you are in a line staring at the item, because the longer you stare at the item, the longer you sit there and ruminate on it, and the greater a chance of you purchasing it. That is so true. You, you have nailed me on that. And also, 
there's the mindset of I'm not waiting in this line again. So if I'm even at all on the fence, I'm buying it. And honestly, last year their line was reasonable and easy to do. I was able to get in and out really quickly. Unfortunately, we did it on, was it Friday or Saturday? And they were already sold out of a lot of items. I think it was Sunday. Now, Tamashi Nations has an exclusive movie realization figure. We reviewed the Ronin Boba Fett here on the show a couple episodes ago. They have a special version of their Sand Trooper, the Ashigaru Sand Trooper. And he has a charcoal black pauldron and... That's stating he's in the enlisted status stand trooper versus a higher rank. Now over at Comic Images, where they do all of those plushies, they're going to have a number of 12-inch super deformed plushes. Yeah, and if you purchase the book ABC3PO, you can get a plush Ray, Finn, and one other character. You get one of them, and it's of Ray. Finn, or one other. They worded it weird. But okay, they did word it really weird. I thought I was saying you get Ray and Finn, then they have to pick someone else. But it also says you receive one free plush. So unless Ray, Finn, and another character are actually conjoined, but the picture shows them separate. Now, they're going to be over in the Star Wars pavilion, and they have tons of stuff like Santa Yodas and all those kinds of things. I see a lot of kids carrying around comic images plushes. They're not exclusives, but they get them at the con. Mm -hmm. DKE Toys, which makes some awesome custom figures, is going to have actually quite a number of severely limited figures this year. They've got a Chewback by Mark Todd, limited to 30. A Star Rockers Chewraka by Alien Robot Monster. There's 30 of those. Wars Not Make One Great by Free Humanity, 50. Obi Smurf Kenobi, which I think is my favorite one it's like papa smurf jedi and that's by greg aronowitz and that's 50 also for that one now those aren't licensed or anything right no they're not and they've just got a whole mess of various figures here that they've customed pretty much i know some people really go heavy in for those i'm not really drawn there's enough official stuff to spend the money on. And in fact, I've heard a lot of people complaining about this in Artist Alley and other things. When companies like Hasbro and Funko are bringing out high dollar exclusives, it doesn't leave people money to spend at ancillary booths. So I love some custom figures, but I just need to stay focused on licensed stuff. I am not able to be a Steve Sansweet who can do both. Let's see, I'll buy stuff if I like it. So I have like the least... Collecting rolls of anybody, I think. So are you getting the Papa Smurf Obi-Wan? $55? I might, and I really like the R2 SL1200, which is like an R2-D2 record player. But I'll have to go over and see, you know? And if they're there, if they're there. If they're not, they're not. And no. again, that's booth 5045. Now, one place that has not announced what they're doing, but you definitely want to swing by their booth, is Delray. Delray usually has two booths. They have a Star Wars booth set up in the pavilion, and then they have... Another just publishing booth over in the press area. But there is a Star Wars reader sampler they've been giving away at conventions this year. So swing by and you can pick up one of those free items. I know Nathan P. Butler every year is ha just really trying to get one of those. It's his most wanted exclusive from every convention. And Entertainment Earth has an exclusive with the Jack Pacific Big Fig Metallic 3PO. You can actually pre-order it now if you're not attending. Sold out. Well, I guess you can't get it then. 
You have to go to the con at this point. If there's any left after the con, they may put it there. But now it is only available at Comic-Con booth 2343. It's $60 for an 18-inch 3PO. I have seen people carrying around these Jacks Pacific exclusives at Comic-Con before, and I just feel sorry for... I mean, I've had to ship big things home too, but it's a big item. But it's vac-metalized and red arm. It's honestly really awesome, and I may weave my way over there for it. You have fun carrying that. I will. I, I have a thing for vac-metalization anymore. Funko has... Technically two exclusives. One you can only get by attending the Conan tapings for the Conan O'Brien show. There's a Conan Stormtrooper. Those tickets have been sold out and sold out in a blink. We didn't get them, did we? No. You told me that we were on some list or something. And well, here's it- what happens. is When you sign up for them, you're automatically waitlisted. But because there are some sites who release the secret code, there are all kinds of people who got on and got in, is my suspicion. Ah. They specifically sent the email, don't release the code, but the code was released. But you can still try to get on standby. And Funko themselves, though, and maybe it's because they had a number of exclusives at Celebration Europe, but they have really throttled back on their number of exclusive pops. There's two, and one of them I need. Like, I would cut off a pound of flesh like I'm in a Shakespeare play to get the BB-8 with a thumbs up. That's a bit extreme and overly descriptive, and no one needs to know that. However, Funko has changed this year. Yes, it would be easier if I had to cut off the flesh. You can get a preview night wristband to get in line, only if you pre-registered in a very short window of time. And that's going to be a random drawing. I'm sure demand is going to exceed availability there. We did enter. There's no guarantee that the items will be in stock when you get up to the line. That happened to me last year. I was one of the last ones in line and a lot of stuff I wanted was not there. And then for the rest of the convention, they are giving away tickets via a random process at the sales pavilion. So I imagine it'll work a lot like Lego where you go up and you push a button or you grab something out of a bag and they say yes or no. Or you tap your new RFID enabled badge. Yeah. Let me tell you though, my thinking on this has really evolved. Remember the Gentle Giant World Tour where there were raffles to get those minibus? So you not only had to get there, but then you had a random shot at if you were allowed to buy something. And that really made me mad many years ago, right? Seeing how every year at Comic-Con has gotten more brutal and Funko. I was reminded by my Facebook memories that one year ago, one year and three days before the show comes out, I posted... I wonder how long it is till somebody gets stabbed or worse in one of these exclusives lines. And I stand by that. They're crazy, as Jar Jar would say. And this, I'm really zen about. I'm like, you know, there's no stress. There's no, hey, I have to get in line at 2 a.m. for preview night and haul down to the Funko booth and maybe I'll get one and I'll be yelled at by the guy, you are not a line! And then he'll arbitrarily start a line none of that it's so relieving i'm either going to know on the 13th yes i'm in or no i'm not in and that is that it's really like a weight is lifted it helps that there's only two pops and i'm like all right well the ebay markup isn't going to be horrible on just two pops i'm sure that bb8 is going to be 
a hundred or more, but... Well, they are going to release some of these at various stores in conjunction with Comic-Con like they did last year. Barnes & Noble, GameStop, and FYE are going to have some of the exclusive pops as a summer convention exclusive at the store also. It is strongly rumored that the Han Solo is going to be at the GameStop, ThinkGeek, EB Games stores. Gentle Giant had some stuff come out for Comic-Con. There's the Captain Phasma Episode 7 mini vest, which I think Arnie is already going to get. I want it... Don't think it's back metalized or chromed though. So I don't understand your sudden phasma obsession. I really don't. Well, you don't have to. Okay. I really like the look of the character. I think she's awesome looking, even if she literally got shoved down a garbage chute. But that is the only one as of recording that has not gone up for order to premiere guild members. I jumped as fast as I could. When they put up for pre-order the Chewbacca Macquarie minibust. Once again, continuing doing a concept art minibust just for San Diego. Now, I complained about the price of Hasbro. I'm going to complain here a little bit. It's not a deluxe bust. It's just your standard bust. It's $120, which after tax and shipping came to $150 hmm. for one minibust. That's pretty expensive. But... It'll be 120 at the con, and now I don't have to worry about shipping it. That Premier Guild membership is worth it every year. It is worth it. They're also going to have some of the Jumbo figures. They're going to have Farm Boy Luke with the yellow hair and the regular Farm Boy Luke. And this is different from their previous Farm Boy Luke because it's going to be on the Return of the Jedi card. Hallmark, again, one of the most sought-after collectibles. They're going to have what they call Beginnings Boba Fett, which is prototype Boba Fett ornament. Interesting in that I've never seen a Hallmark ornament that I can recall with interchangeable heads. No, I don't think there are any that have an interchangeable head. So it's the first time that you're really going to want two of these so you can display both on your tree. They're also going to have Princess Leia and Jabba the Hutt itty bitty two pack, which are super cute as always. Slave Leia defying that rumor that was pervasive previously that Disney said absolutely no more bikini Leias. Mm-hmm. Or this was made before that. And speaking of hard to get and maybe wanting multiples, Hasbro's booth. I kind of wish they'd do the random ticketing that Funko's doing. Register online for preview night because you do have to get tickets in the sales pavilion every other night. We talked about their Kylo Ren, but the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, I like it a lot more. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi from A New Hope with his table from his little hut with the holographic Princess Leia on it. People are probably going to go crazy for that. And he has two lightsabers, the one he gave to Luke and his own. It's also $45 in a gorgeous package. I'm still aching a little bit at the $45, but for some reason that table looks like a more solid and large piece than the flag. So I'm, and also the little Princess Leia's equivalent to the Vader helmet. I don't know. I'm just a little bit more about this one. Overall, slightly disappointed. We were told at Toy Fair that San Diego Comic Con would likely be the place where the first Rogue One toy was released. And I thought they might replay what they did last time. And have that really awesome black armor death trooper. And it would be the same as what they're going to release in the main line. But in a real special package like they did for the First Order Stormtrooper last year. But no Rogue One merchandise to be seen. Just these figures. And I guarantee this Obi-Wan will be released 
later down the line, just without the table and the Leia, maybe with only his own lightsaber. I don't know if the Kylo Ren Unmasked will be released. That's something I'm questioning, but I imagine that being Comic-Con exclusive, this is going to be really hard to get. Toys R Us is going to have another exclusive at the Entertainment Earth booth this year. They're going to have the Black Series 6-inch Astromex Repack that we've been seeing for a while. And remember, everyone thought it was coming out for May the 4th at Target. Well, it's Toys R Us. Yep, there's a new head on the R5 unit. And thanks to Jason from Yakface for alerting me to that. Otherwise, we've got some repaints of some R2-D2s. But it's kind of cool that we get the white and red... I really do love the color scheme of the red and black on that R5 unit and then the gray and white astromech. Now these will be at ToysRUs.com on the 21st and then in Toys R Us stores later in the year. So it's a premiere at San Diego item. I am not going to be getting it at the Entertainment Earth booth to ship home when I can just on Thursday from the comfort of my hotel room click buy now and have it delivered. I wish Jack Specific did that, because here we have another Jack Specific exclusive, the 20-inch scale premium edition Captain Phasma, which I don't know if you're getting. That's one I want to see in person, but I don't believe that I will be. It does not appear to be vac metalized. It's just a really nice version in a really nice box. So I will likely skip that one. Lego, of course, will have something we don't know what. Actually, I can't say they will have something. They have been a little light on their Star Wars stuff lately, but I do expect there to be something over there, be it a set or a minifigure. Loungefly, which is more up my alley than Arnie's because they do purses and wallets and everything, has a super limited Ray backpack, limited to $200 at $65. It's got a Ray on speeder design, it comes with a collector's pin, and it comes with a replica of Ray's goggles. I actually kind of like that backpack. It's very utilitarian. If it wasn't for the emblazoned Star Wars Loungefly emblem and some metal on it it really looks i don't know like what an adventurer would wear like an indiana jones kind of backpack with this brown leather i am not a fan of it it's not something i'm going to be going after i wish they do some more of their cool designs like they've been doing and make those exclusives but we'll see now marvel has not announced any of their exclusives yet but i would consider it a Good possibility that they would have some exclusive comic covers and their booth 2329. Mattel has another exclusive car, but this is a Death Star Trench Run reimagined, which I don't think you're going to take this out of the case as the top lifts off and you've got your vehicles in there as spaceships doing the trench run on the Death Star and it lights up. The light up feature is actually kind of cool. I'm not getting this because... First of all, they're crazy. Now you've got Star Wars fans and Hot Wheels fans. That's like the Super Bowl of collecting when those two are on the opposite lines. I'm still scarred from when the Hot Wheels guys made fun of me because I didn't know who Dale Earnhardt was. Now Nixon, not Nikon, but Nixon, has an exclusive Chewbacca watch. It's $300, limited to 300 pieces, and honestly, it looks like any watch, only the (laughs) wrist strap looks like a bandolier. I mean, I like the strap, but there's nothing really about the watch itself. They say that it's Bowcaster and Blast Fire seconds hands. 
I'm not seeing it. Maybe if the time was just right. It looks like the second hand is Kylo Ren's lightsaber. And it does have an authentic Chewbacca roar sound with the limited box. Yeah, so the box roars, not the watch. Correct. And it has a laser-etched Let the Wookiee Win casebook. This is that type of high-end item I can look at and go, huh, and then keep walking through the Lucasfilm Pavilion. The Lucasfilm Pavilion is like an expensive swap meet at times. Yeah, 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 it is. For example, do you need a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Star Wars car decal? No, I'm good, thanks. But this is a First Order Warriors car decal featuring First Order Stormtroopers, and it's available from Plastic Color. Okay, and am I missing something? Will I ever see this on a car, is what I'm wondering. And Because if you're buying a car decal at San Diego Comic-Con, an exclusive, would you actually peel it off and put it on your car? It depends. Is it like $5 versus... How much? StarWars.com did not list a price. And Plastic Colors not even listed as an exhibitor. They're going to be in the pavilion. Okay. And I imagine we'll also see in that pavilion the Star Wars skateboards by Santa Cruz. Yep, they're going to have five exclusive skateboards, $100 each, and they're also giving away free posters while supplies last. Can I just say I love, love, love the AT-AT design? Well, good. You can go rip some ollies with it. They're cool decks, I don't know that I would ever skate at all again. I did when I was a teenager. But if I were to start skating, I don't know that I'd use a Comic-Con exclusive deck. Unless you're Tony Hawk, it's a bad idea at our age. Now, Sideshow Collectibles, we already talked about this on the last show. And in fact, it is shipped and on its way to us. The unpainted R2-D2 factory prototype six scale figure. Sphero, who made the hot Christmas gift last year, will be at San Diego Comic-Con, booth 2913. And if you give them your email address and sign up for their newsletter, you can get a free Sphero poster that's actually really cool. It's the BB-8 Sphero, but they took a photo of him like in the sand and San Diego's in the background all lit up. It's really well done photography. Yep, the Grand Hyatt, Manchester Grand Hyatt buildings are right there. I'm surprised I didn't get the convention center in the background. Yeah, but it's still a gorgeous photo. It is very pretty. Maybe there wasn't a beach that you could get that exact shot from. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. at sunset. It's in the what they call the magic hour. Oh, gorgeous photo. A company called Stance is going to have some Star Wars socks, which I'll be honest, these scare the crap out of me. We're getting the Han and Carbonite socks, right? Yeah. The way his hands are, it looks like he's going, what, what? (laughs) Doesn't it? (laughs) What, what? I'm on your leg. These are $20 a pair, limited to 100 pairs of each of their designs. What's wrong with their arms? Why are their arms like they're being, oh, they're at Comic-Con, they're being squished by people. (laughs) I think what it is is because we're seeing them flat, and when they wrap around your leg, they'll- No, look at their shoulders. I know, but I think when you stretch it out, it might- You just keep running on with that theory. They look like nutcrackers. Think Geek is going to be at San Diego Comic-Con, and if you buy $60 worth of stuff- you get a free Ray speeder pin. And if you buy $90 worth of stuff, you also get a BB-8 pin. They're selling some exclusive plushes, including a set of four bounty hunters for $30, the Han Solo and Carbonite that I have to have with for $12, and a slave one with Han and Carbonite I need for another $12. So now I just need to spend a little bit more. And there's also some propaganda posters, 
a Ray poster. And the great thing about plushes, you can put those in checked luggage. Yeah, they're very easy. They're also good for cushioning other things. I got this down. And finally, the last thing is tops, trading card posters, five exclusive eight and a half by 11 posters, easy to get home, 1,000 available of each design, and they're created in the style of its various trading card series. Love these. Love these. And I'm just going to say to anyone going to the con who's planning on getting these, the back to school stuff is out at your store. Go out, get yourself a little folder like you'd put inside a Trapper Keeper or something. These are eight and a half by 11. That's a standard sheet of paper. You can put them in and keep them protected. Yes, you can. I'm kind of dipping my toe in the trading card game, so I may be spending some time at Topps Boots kind of looking at things. My guess is with five exclusives, they're going to be doing one per day. And Hallmark is doing that also with pins they're giving away one each day. And the problem is we fly home on Sundays, so we're usually pretty hosed in that regard. But speaking of Topps trading cards, we were in the bookstore the other day and we were in the bookstore the other day and saw on the shelf Topps has released another book about its trading cards, this time about the Empire Strikes Back collection. So here with a special supersized vintage viewpoint is Jerry and Brock. Hey everybody, Jerry here to bring you my latest Vintage Viewpoint. And once again, I have a special guest for a special edition of our Vintage Viewpoint. Ladies and gentlemen, Brock is joining me again today. Hello, Brock. Hello, Jerry. You know, I'm thinking since how many times I've now been on Vintage Viewpoint, maybe we should call it Brock and Jerry's Vintage Viewpoint. I got those papers from your lawyer on the joint custody of the name, and so I figured we would talk that off air, but if you want to go, we can go. Uh, you know, it's funny, though. I would have to insist that Brock would be first because it's alphabetical. Uh, I got to be honest with you, friend. I'm very happy that you asked me back to do another Vintage Viewpoint because we are back again to talk about uh, something that we both absolutely love. It's Vintage Tops Cards, and, you know, we kind of fell into this, I guess, doing this now the second book in the Tops book series, we're going to be doing a bit of a series. I guess we're doing a kind of a subset of the Vintage Viewpoint. Yeah, because to your point, this actually isn't the second book, is it? They actually did a Galaxy book already that I personally skipped. I didn't look into that one. doesn't really necessarily fit the Vintage era, although I, I have kind of started slowly bringing what I call the Renaissance era type of stuff into it occasionally, but I didn't pick up that book, did you? No, I did not. I actually owned the first set of Galaxy, actually the first four sets of Galaxy, complete sets. I got them from trade shows, and I think the first one I actually bought a whole bunch of packs, and then I was able to swap it out for the full set. And, and we'll talk about this probably next time we talk about a Topps book, but for especially for this one, like we mentioned last time with the Star Wars, I don't have all the cards, right? So for me, it'd be kind of a good way to not only look at the cards, have the cards, but also get a nostalgic feel. I would not feel that nostalgia from Star Wars Galaxy Volume 1. The book we're talking about today is Abrams Comic Arts tops Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. So similar to the Star Wars book we talked last time, this book has a brief introduction, I don't know, about 10 or 12 pages, and it just gets into the fronts and the backs and everything of the, of the three series of cards. Now, Brock, did you ever collect these cards as a kid? Do you, do you remember these being out? My brother had a bunch of these Empire Strikes Back cards. I did not, but I was obsessed with them. 
And I would love to look at them because, as we'll talk about in a few minutes, some of them had special fun facts and trivia on the back of them, which I really enjoyed. I've always been a trivia fan. And then years later, in 1991, I was in Baltimore on a family trip, and we went to a comic book store. And while I was there, they had a shoebox or just a regular old cardboard box, I can't recall which, of old Empire Strikes Back Series 1 and Series 2 cards for a nickel apiece. And I had saved my money with me to go on this trip to, you know, buy whatever I wanted to buy in Baltimore, whatever I felt like. And I ended up spending about, I don't know, 15, 20 bucks, nickel a card on Empire Strikes Back cards. I cleaned the guy out. What about you? Did you collect these cards as a kid or did you buy the set afterwards? Well, a little bit of both because the Empire Strikes Back was released as three series of cards. And I... I just vaguely remember buying the first series, which was the red border cards. I remember having them. I don't necessarily remember buying them, but my my brother being five years older than me, he actually was the one really buying and, and, and having our parents buy you know, for us the various series of the Star Wars cards. We had very few of those, but with my earliest memories of having these cards, I remember having both the red and the blue ones. We had a ton of blue ones. I was actively always picking up like four packs of these cards every time my mom would take us out to the grocery store or something. I always come home with four of them. And I remember just cobbling together probably just enough cards to have a complete red set or maybe really darn close. But the blue ones, I just had doubles of everything. I and mean, we had a ton of them. I didn't realize the third series existed until like the mid-90s. Had hmm. no idea they did a third series. I don't know if they were just, uh, if they came out so late in relation to Jedi coming out, like maybe they were only in the market for six months, or maybe it was one of those things that the major retailers didn't order a lot of them because they probably still had a lot of the previous series, and maybe only the, the hobby shops got the thirds. I, I don't know what the, what the deal is. Actually, Joey, I have a note on that. One thing that was not entirely clear, unlike in the last book, was the timeline of the releases of these three series. I, I just really don't know when the Series 3 came out in relation to Series 1. I do know they had Series 1, though, in time for the release of the movie, which was unlike the last time. Yeah, because one thing that's unique about the Empire Strikes Back set is that it actually started with these title cards, which is something we didn't see with Star Wars. You know, card number one was just Luke Skywalker. So you, you get into this Empire set, and it has this actually an image that I have always loved. And I think because of the set, you just have this bold picture of Darth Vader with two stormtroopers on either side, which I recall from other magazines. You know, I, I've seen this image before, but I always love this card. And I love this concept of the title card kind of kicking off the set. So yes, the author does go into great detail on how happy he was that he finally got through to his publishers that they need title cards and they got their title cards through one of those TV series, one of those sets. You know, one thing that, that is a little unique about this book, and you're right, I mean, there's not much to say about the book. It has the same characteristics, except for, do you remember me pointing out that, hey, it was kind of weird that if you're looking at the front of the card, you got to turn the page to look at the back of the card? Yes. This yes. time they changed that. Although it's it's a little backwards than what I would have guessed, but the left page shows the back of the card, and the right page, the, the adjacent facing page, shows the front, at least of these first cards, like the title card, the star file cards. When you get into just the the images from the movie, 
the front and back were on the same page. Which I liked a lot, actually, because they have to consolidate space anyway. And it really gives you an impression of how this card set really, what makes it unique. Uh, and, and let's get into those two of these factors that make this card set more unique than anything else that we've ever seen before or since in Star Wars cards. The first one are the star files. So in the introduction cards, and I used to love this as a kid, my first card in our set, when we actually put them in numerical order, the first card my brother had, was this Han Solo card. And on the back, that's how I learned that he was 34 years old and uh, he was six feet tall. And in the back of Princess Leia's card, it tells her that she's 20, but Luke said he's 22 because obviously they didn't know about the twin thing yet. We don't have a place of birth yet for Han Solo. That comes in later. So all these cool little fun facts, and as and it's kind of fun looking back now, that we know that some of this has been retconned. Like Yoda's age is not 973. But here in the back of the star file, which is official business, it says in clear right type it is need to know darth vader's 50 that's the one thing i mean even as a seven-year-old looking at these cards when i found out in jedi that luke and leia turned out to be brother and sister i was like wait a minute but the cards i mean i i I pieced that together i was like a uh one of those continuity nerds i guess back then which i I think i've severely outgrown because now i think it's just like it's funny (laughs) but no you know these file cards it's the first time i ever remember reading or learning that the reason this darth vader guy is inside this breathing apparatus in this armor because the back of the card says severely injured in battle vader now requires an elaborate life support system but you know they also have some things right like and the yoda card it says current location doesn't say planet of birth that was kind of nice, you know, knowing knowing now that Dagobah is not his actual birth. Jabba the Hutt's only spelled with one T. And Darth Vader throughout the entire series is referred to as Lord Darth Vader. Very funny. On the last Starfile card, they show us what the other very unique feature of the set is. And I've never seen anything like this since. They have a little black and white photo on the back of the card that shows you what the next card is going to be. I love this set. Some of these pictures are insanely wonderful. We don't really see, obviously, every single stock photo you could possibly imagine, like the Han Solo and company in the, the Millennium Falcon through the asteroid field what's on side of lunchboxes, the guy in front of the radar dish, all the shots in the carbon freezing chamber. All of these incredibly well-known shots are in here, the Battle of the Star Destroyer you see on everything. But there are so many photographs that you never see still to this day in this set. You gotta wonder, why not? They're incredible. What's also amazing is we all know that they were trying to hide Yoda, desperately trying to hide Yoda from the masses about what he looked like, who he was, but he's all over this set. But you know, as I go through the cards here in the book, yeah, I mean, you get a card 59 is a straight on shot of Yoda. You've got you know, the card, the creature called Yoda. And, you know, you got the, the picture of him in the backpack, but but then you got him sort of on the side. And, yeah, on the on the back, Yoda finally admits that he is the Jedi Master Luke was sent to uncover. So if you're digging for it, yeah, you would find it. I don't think I really read these until I was probably closer to um, 10, you know, when I was getting the Jedi cards and things like that. But you're, you're right. The big reveal was definitely hidden. The ending is glossed over completely. They do have some lightsaber shots, and they end the movie with uh, 3PO's foot being that famous shot of his, like, that was like a needle or something coming out of his foot with R2 fixing it. Yeah, it, it shows the scene with Vader saying things that he never said in the movie, like, embrace the dark side, hate me, Luke, destroy me. <laughs> and, then, and they have the back of the card, I'm going to read it for you. Hate me, Luke, destroy me. Here's the back of the card. Look upon me, Skywalker, shouts Darth. I killed those you love. Use your hate to destroy me now. 
Also, I think is really kind of fun about this set is it ends with the Macquarie paintings. It was even just so specific. The cards are titled Space Paintings by Ralph Macquarie. And that's so special. Yes, indeed. Indeed. And, and the behind the scenes material throughout all three of these sets is plentiful. Not only do they have these paintings, but they actually say that the actors who played them and they kind of break the fourth wall that they probably wouldn't do. But uh, it's a really nice touch that they did it here. So the, the set ends with these funny stickers. Now, I don't have any of these stickers. I'm not sure if you ever had these as a child. I tell you what, I, I used these stickers. I In the inside my closet door, I actually would take out these stickers and spell my name. and spell, So I sadly applied these stickers and years later ripped them off the door just because, you know, had to clean it up and eventually. But over the years, I've maintained and, and picked up a few. Uh, a, a buddy of mine that I went to college with, found i don't know like six or seven of these and just gave them to me you know so oh great over yeah over the years i I picked up a few i have far more from the second series right and for people don't know we're talking about they made alphabet stickers so they have different letters and they have images from the set and from not the set things they didn't actually use in this set they would use in the next series actually for different letters the funny thing is like chewbacca would be on like letter k or something they didn't actually put it like only him on c's etc k for k for kashyyyk i mean makes it i always got it okay yes exactly what they're doing if they did this concept today they'd all be uh, arabesh letters right yes they would that be wicked So overall, First Empire Strikes Back set is great. I highly recommend you picking it up. One thing to, to kind of wrap up with the uh, the Series 1, I guess it's consistent throughout. In the Star Wars set, you would take various cards from the base set to create some images, like the backsides of them. In yep. Empire, it was the stickers that did that. Yes. So 15... Very smart idea. Yeah, because you know what's cool about that is if you did peel the stickers off and use them, you still wanted to hold on to them and keep them and not just throw them away because they're wasted sticker backs. So moving on to Series 2, we get a very different type of title card because they had available now artwork that just wasn't available the first go-around, which you know would probably imply that, yeah, hey, that first series probably did come out earlier than maybe what I'm even thinking. But we get what the author calls the Gone with the Wind scene poster that they use for the title card here, which, you know, actually I think is one of the first times I, I saw this particular image of, you know, Han looking so lovingly into Leia's eyes and Luke on the Tauntaun and the Vader in the background. It just sets kind of a, a different feel of the set. The first time I saw this image was when The Empire Strikes Back was released on VHS, back in like 84, I think it was. I did not recall seeing this poster in movie theaters or when it was re-released or anywhere else. The difference in this set is instead of having the profiles on the characters, what I love and hate about this set immediately is that they start with the the pictures of the ships, and they have uh, about five or ten cards of the ships, of various kinds of transports, TIE bombers, Millennium Falcons, but the images they chose of these ships are just head-scratching. Why on earth would you show a twin-pod cloud car From but only side. show one car? I don't understand that. And Well, look at the executor. It's like a staple. <laughs> it, really does. it looks like a folded flat staple. It's terrible. Just terrible. The Falcon card's cool. Yeah, yeah. And, That's a great image. And Tops tells us that they put the background star field in themselves. And this is the first time we actually do see the blue border. The last time it was a red border, now it's a blue one. And they took away a bit of the, uh, I don't know what you call it, but there's like a, the silver had a sheen of gray, like gray lines behind it, like kind of like a shadow. They still have those a little bit, but not as pronounced in the background. Against the blue border, that silvery 
dark silver lines don't stand out as much to me as they did against the red. It was this series two of Empire Strikes Back cards that should have told me that I was destined to work in the packaging, printing, and paperboard industry like I do. Because even as a seven-year-old when these cards came out, I recognized a few things about these cards. And the Topps baseball cards and football cards were kind of suffering from the same thing in the early 80s. To me, the print quality of Series 2 was far worse. I had a ton of cards, and one of the reasons I remember as a kid shuffling through different copies I had of any one card to try to find the best one to put in my set. Because, number one, just everything you're describing, what it does for me is it makes the cards dirtier. With the phenomena you're talking about with the design, along with, let's call it a pretty cruddy print job on recycled paperboard stock... With bad off-centering in the printing. I mean, I have cards that are off-centered and misregistered and cut just all sorts of ways. I got some horrible-looking cards. The print quality of the images. I mean, yeah, this this is probably a low point for me of just the, the quality and just the images that are printed. I mean, they're not very good. The 82 Topps baseball cards were awful for all the same reasons. And, you know, there's kind of a lull I think Topps took as being the big dog in trading cards. Nobody could touch them until 84, 85 to where I think they just didn't give a crap. You know, they just... Pumped them out there. I was always actually disappointed in Series 2, and it took me forever to piece together a decent set. And I think even later in life, I just went and bought a new one. Because Series 1, Series 2, Series 2 in particular, I don't think is terribly expensive to acquire. I think I actually went and bought a second set, and I kind of thumbed through and said, hey, most of these cards look pretty good. I can probably, between the cards in my hand and the cards I have at home, I can probably put together a much better set than I've ever had before. Yeah, and if you look at the images in the book, I was very surprised that the author did not find cards that were actually centered many of the images in this book show exactly what you're talking about in series one and series two they were just terribly cut and misaligned and it's amazing that these are the best images i guess they could find a photograph or maybe it's just one guy's collection they had i have no idea where they the source of these cards for these images especially the back and speaking of the backs what makes this unique is because just like in the last time we talked about star wars they didn't need to go through and tell us the story again so the images are not exactly in order although they tend to be a little bit on the back of these cards they actually have trivia questions some of which are are out of date some of which are interesting some of which are very much easier than you think they would be but you know then again it's also been almost 40 years right since this came out so maybe i just know the answers by now but you know it was kind of fun that while i was reviewing this with you i actually took the trivia quiz i actually went through and see, i mean i got them all right folks just for the record but and they, of course, if I didn't, wouldn't everyone be disappointed? <laughs> I mean, come on. These are really easy. But one thing I did notice on Star Quiz card 226, it says, question is, what structure does Luke hold on to for dear life at the end of Empire? Actually gives away the big secret. So, but the funny thing is, we talked about this in the series one, that they didn't give away anything about the movie. In series two, on the back of this Star Quiz for card 225, the question is, what terrible truth did Ben not reveal to Luke on the back of card 226 the entire movie's surprise is given away. Darth Vader is Luke's father. And that blew my mind when I saw that because, well, I didn't know. Who knew? His, uh, no. What blew my mind was that they actually gave it away 
in the card set. We had a whole conversation about five minutes ago about how they're hiding things, and here they blatantly tell us. Oh, but Series 2 had to have come out like in 81, or so late in 80 that... I mean, I know I know this isn't the, the era where a movie comes out in May, it's on DVD by August. I mean, I, I get that. <laughs> but I think by that time... The secret was out, sure. I'm, I'm if sure. you're that into it, that where you're buying these cards, yeah. you probably already know by Series 2. But I just found it surprising that it's here. You don't see Ben Kenobi anywhere in these cards. You don't see the Emperor anywhere in these cards. Not very well may just be because of special effects shots involved, right? But yeah. you would think that they're still hiding some things in these cards. And they have very few spaceship shots or airbrush shots and things like that. So I guess what they can reveal is print. I, I don't know. I just, I just, It took me aback a little bit to find that. Because yeah, there's a few cards in here to where I assume the tops people had to fill in some things, airbrush some things. I mean, golly, if you look at page 326 on card 236, that card called Blasted by Leia. Yeah. Well, that thing, that image is just awful. Oh, it's horrible. I don't know what Leia's actually shooting that has a hand coming out. It looks like a snowman or something. I mean, it's just a, a white blob with a black glove, and it's just, it's awful looking. I, I assume they had some sort of photography to where the special effects weren't in place, of course, because they weren't doing, like, screen grabs, I assume, and they had to airbrush all that stuff in. It's just, oh, it's terrible. One of my favorite images of... The Empire Strikes Back is on 329, is snow-swept Chewbacca. Remember then, back in the late 1990s, they made an action figure, finally, of Chewbacca with the snow on him? Love that figure. Still have it. And, and to your point, right after that, again, there's a whole batch of them right here on card 240. There's Luke, and it's, gosh, it looks like he's in a disco or something. It's a, it's all pink, it, the swampland. I, re- I remember thinking that as a kid, like, man, what's wrong with this card? And you know, after getting three or four of them, I was like, oh, I guess that's just how it looks. It's just like, <laughs> and that famous shot where it looks like Luke is grabbing onto his, his lightsaber blade when it actually is his hands in front of it. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, I'm looking at it. Luke battles himself. Like, I, I want to put a little bubble there. It says, man, this thing's kind of hot. <laughs> And then to our point we mentioned earlier about behind the scenes, they finished this with actual behind the scene photos, which is right out of the making of the Empire Strikes Back books that we all have. And so, yeah, this set is set number two, I think, is actually overall a more satisfying set for collectors like you and I. It has behind the scenes stuff. It has images we don't normally see. It has the trivia, which is lots of fun, even though it's easier. All these wonderful things that people like us who have been watching these movies for almost 40 years really want to see more of they actually included here and i can only imagine if i was eight years old looking at all these cards how amazing that would be to me because right now it's pretty cool the fact that you know one of the first card in that little section in the set is uh, director irvin kirshner and it's just it, it's like his rookie card it's just really cool it's i mean there's other cards where he's talking to luke and where it says kirshner directs mark hamill but this is just him and next to a camera with his name at the bottom it's it's kind of cool he got his own card in the set. yeah absolutely absolutely you know not to jump ahead too much but we don't see anything like this in the jedi cards nothing Absolutely not. And like the entire orange series of Star Wars really got into this as well. That's true. To finish off the set, the stickers still have the alphabet, but they go back to regular portraits and they have rebel forces and empire forces. The empire forces kind of has a Darth Vader shape to it, which I kind of like. The rebel forces, I can't tell what that is. Just looks like a, a, romp, a rhombus of some sort. And so by the time we get to series three... They decided to reduce the number of cards in the set, thankfully, because they're going to have to recycle some stuff. But 
there's something that starts off Series 3 that is near and dear to my heart and something I absolutely adore. So on the back of the Return of the Jedi cards, again, not to get ahead of ourselves, they have this fantastic artwork of by some unknown artist that you and I have had conversations about in the past. Who drew those images? I discovered, rediscovered, when I bought these cards, that they actually used some of the images on the back of the Return of the Jedi cards. They were actually commissioned for the Empire Strikes Back, in particular 3PO, R2, Vader, Boba Fett. So we'll talk a little bit more about that next time we talk about the Return of the Jedi cards. But there are some images here like Han Solo and Hoth outfit, Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker, that you're not going to find there, which I rarely see. I have this set. I'm pretty sure I have this yellow set in my collection, but I rarely look through it enough. And it's just love this artist and these renditions. So anyway, I love this artwork. I'm so glad to have it in this book. It's easier to look at than look at the cards. This border is now green. The background, silver background is gone. And they finally have shots from the very end of the movie, like looking out the window at the ship at the end. They have some more walker shots, some more spaceship shots, and some pretty lousy shots that they knew they couldn't use in the first two sets. But honestly, folks, what makes this third series unique is not only the artwork, but you do get some really spectacular headshots that of of Lando, the famous one of Lando, the IG-88 has a great card. So there are some really great shots paired with some really bad ones. And then, of course, they also end with more Macquarie paintings. So you're really getting a good bang for your buck with the Series 3. So it kind of makes up for the fact that you don't really get the best photographs from the movie every single card. You got a lot of good information on the back. You get some really great behind-the-scenes photos, and you get some great artwork. So it's a big old collection of everything here. And, you know, from a pure card collector perspective, too, uh, we should also note that when you buy this book, you actually get, uh, just like we did Star Wars, although this time it comes with five instead of four, but there are five trading cards that come wrapped up in the in the back of this book, and, and, they're, and they're really cool. There's a... You opened them up? You opened it? You... Sure. Oh, my. It's just a clear, unprinted cell. I I could recreate the wrapping of this, Brock. <laughs> I just I can't I can't open it. I I just I cannot open this. Are you serious? I can't. I I, I mean, my my Star Wars one's still sealed. I can't open this card set. Are you kidding? I'm not. Maybe you could take a photograph for me of what these cards are because I'm not going to open it. Oh, you're insane! You can't, <laughs> I can't do it. Come I can't on! Do it. I don't want to ruin it. It's in a clear unprinted cellophane wrapper that is just generic as crud and it there's no collectability behind it you have to oh no experience dude. this and just you because know, basically basically what they are for, the, for apparently you need you need this information too i do but there's there's a card that represents the cover of the book just like star wars had there's another card that basically represents the top of the uh of the of the box that the wax packs came in we had that on the star wars one then they recreate two of the sticker cards one with both Boba Fett, the other one with the small heads of Luke, Leia, Han, and Chewbacca. And then there's, um, inexplicably, one of the cards from the yellow set of helmets and costumes, one of the ones in the uh, behind the scenes. Uh, Jerry, thanks so much for inviting me back to Vintage Viewpoint. I always enjoy talking this stuff with you. It's so rare to actually have a conversation as in-depth about something I love so much. So thank you so much for that, sir. Absolutely. Thanks for joining, and we'll uh, hand you back over to Arnie and Marjorie. And remember, we really do care. We do, you know. Thank you, guys. And Brock, bad news. I'm pretty sure if you call this Brock and Jerry's, we're going to get sued. So (laughs) I don't see that going well. Now, just for a couple last pieces of news this week. First of all, Black Series 6-inch figures have been shipping again. 
I've gotten a couple of cases in, and you can still get some figures ordered right now at Dorkside Toys. They have four packs of first order Black Series Snow Troopers or Flame Troopers ready to ship in 24 hours, as well as Kylo Ren, Imperial Sand Trooper Sergeant, and even the very hard-to-find Captain Phasma. They're also your place to go for Funko Pops. They have the Luke and Force Awakens General Leia, both ready to ship within 24 hours. General Hux, Unmasked Kylo Ren, Maz Kanata, and that Reese that I absolutely love, all available to ship in 24 hours. And Reese, that's a Walgreens exclusive that they have there. If your store isn't getting them, $15.99. And that's quite reasonable. Plus, be sure to check them out for the latest Marvel, DC, Pacific Rim, and Transformers toys. And when shopping at Dorkside Toys, be sure to use the link from our homepage. And to close out this week, a make good from last week. We have had in our hands, it arrived about a month ago now, and I've been so excited, the Captain Phasma Artifacts Plus statue from Kotobukiya. I'm afraid to touch it, Arnie. I'm sorry. I just, I'm terrified of touching her. Why? Because she's very shiny. She is. She is vac metalized. And come to our website, look at the photos of this, because the photos on Gentle Giant's own site don't do this justice. Their photos are of the prototype that I saw way back at New York Comic Con. And at that point, Dan Luan said, we're going to vac metalize her. He was the only person at all of New York Comic Con who gave that promise. He lived up to it. This is a vinyl figure. It is just very vinyl to touch, but it is vac metalized and shiny as can be. It's Phasma done right. You ask me why I like Phasma. Does this help sell it? I mean, it's very pretty. It's shiny because, you know, I love my precious metals. But I, I guess I can't judge because I like Jar Jar, but I think Jar Jar still had better screen time. Well, Captain Phasma has two more movies to prove herself as well. Now, this is very much like their Stormtroopers in that it's got some articulation. There's some mid-torso articulation and neck articulation, so you can actually get several poses. And she comes with two sets of arms, so you can have the gun kind of held down at her side and have her like she's walking with her gun or have the other arms so that she's holding the gun ready to fire or standing at attention. I think what they've done with her is absolutely amazing. The detail in the cape is phenomenal. It doesn't look like cloth, but it has a good texture and a good shape to it. It does. The cape is very nice. The black they used for the cape has a nice sheen to it. It's kind of like an eggshell finish to it. So it's not the glossy glossy and it's not matte to take away from her shininess. But if you look at the vac metalized, they've speckled her. She's not perfectly clean. Star Wars is known for being a lived in universe. This is armor that she's seen some action in. It's not a clean mirror. It has little just weathering all over it. And that makes me love it. <laughs> it just gives it so much more a rich feel than if I just was looking at it and seeing myself, which happens with a lot of really shiny vac metalized things. I mean, if I look, I can see myself. But if I just look at it head on, I see that it is chrome. It is not silver trying to be chrome. This is chrome and done so well. I'll only knock at a couple of things. The gun they gave her is this rubbery gun my barrel came a little bent and the color of it 
is so lackluster when compared to the metallic silver of her body. But it's gunmetal, not vacmetalized. It has a weird tint to it, though. It's a little yellowed. It feels not quite gray. Yeah, I kind of understand that. I think when I put it up against the silver and the black, it comes off a little brown to me. The other thing is, it really requires quite a bit of disassembly to take the arms off because of the cape. You got to pop the head off, take the cape off, swip the arms, and then put it all back together again. It was a little tricky to figure out. Yeah, but that's how you get the good looking cape. It is. And it needed to come over the shoulder to be design accurate. And it does come with the magnetic base, which I do love and keeps her standing at attention pretty well. And it's an Artifacts Plus. Not a super expensive premium format or something. But so far, out of every statue I've seen from The Force Awakens, this is the nicest. And it's a great price, too. I mean, I picked it up for about $65 shipped. Kodo makes great things at a really great price point. So I won't belabor the point. I say, if you get a chance, pick this up. I'm really excited because I have the two First Order Stormtroopers that they put out in that two-pack. So I can pose her and have them behind her and really have a nice First Order troop setup. Yeah, and again, those magnetic stands are amazing. Well, that is our show for this week. If you're at Celebration Europe this weekend, be sure to say hi to Steve and Daryl. And we'll be halfway around the world for them at San Diego Comic-Con the week after. If you're at Comic-Con and you see us, be sure to say hi. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter for the live updates from San Diego Comic-Con. We promise we will flood your feed (laughs) during the Collectibles panel Saturday from noon to 2 Hasbro first, then the other collecting companies next. We are going to be just posting it as fast as they can say it. So we'll see you in San Diego. And until next time, may the pigs be stocked and the force be with you. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find pictures of the toys reviewed, chat with other Star Wars collectors, and find hundreds of Star Wars Action News episodes at our website, SWActionNews.com. This podcast is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. We rely on listener support to keep the show going. You can pledge to our Podbean fundraising campaign by going to SWActionNews.com support. Backers get rewards including exclusive video content, early show releases, and more. You can also help out our show by telling your friends to listen by posting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or in person. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star review written on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at SWActionNews.com. We want your feedback on Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. The links to our social media sites are at SWActionNews.com. You can also send us your latest store reports, figure reviews, and more. Email us an MP3 or iPhone voice memo at show at SWActionNews.com. All content received is subject for use on the show. 
If you also enjoy Marvel Comics, you can hear Arnie and Marjorie talk about the toys and statues based on Marvel Comics characters on the Marvelicious Toys podcast at MarveliciousToys.com. Star Wars Action News is always looking for new people to help with the show. You can find a list of skills we need on our blog at VenganzaMedia.com. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, edited, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Video editing by Barrett, Andrew, and Daryl. Website design by Jason. Graphic design by Jay. Photo editing by Scott and Curtis. Announcements by Brock. Segments created by Andrew, Brock, Daryl, Jerry, Jonathan, Nathan, and Steve. For more Star Wars collecting, check out GalacticHunter.com, JediDefender.com, JediTempleArchives.com, and YakFace.com. And we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. Star Wars and all that the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company. All rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2016, all rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. They've got a special version Ashigaru Sand Trooper. You want to say that again? It's not like in a mouthful of marbles. Now, Nikon over in the Lucasfilm Pavilion. It's Nixon. Oh. It's like Nikon, but not. For example, do you need an exclusive Star Wars car decal? A, a what? Car decal. Decal. What's a decal? It's like Droidica versus Droideca. No, it's not. It's pronounced decal. For example, do you need an exclusive Star Wars car decal? You still can't say it right. I said decal. Decal? You're still trying to draw that A out. Decal. <laughs> You're trying. I'll just let it go. For example, do you need a... <laughs> Why'd you do this to me? Can I just say I love, love, love the AT-AT design? Well, good. You can go rip some ollies with it. I'm going to grind. You said that so unconvincingly. <laughs> I'm going to grind some pepper. <laughs> We were- Sorry, I was moving that. It was upside down. And while I was sitting there making sure I had no doubles, uh, he was telling me about, hey, you know, there's a new Star Wars novel coming out. And that was the first time I heard about Timothy Zahn's Heir to the Empire. And I got the book soon after that. And I guess the book club liaison was born. And now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> and now we're all caught up. So cool. So cool. So cool. So cool. Hey, side, side, side note, a little joke I always make at Empire when Leia goes, Luke, it's a trap. Go back. It's a, you know, whatever she says. Yeah. The camera is on Mark Hamill and he has this confused look on his face. I always want, I always say out loud, whether anybody's with me or not. Huh. I wonder what she meant by that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trap. Gee. I wonder, I wonder, maybe I should go down this dark hallway. Yeah, let me go to this door that's just opened up all of a sudden yeah. and, closed, and, and closed behind me. And my friend oh. R2 is out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what a trap Nobody is. walks oh. out there and sees Vader. Oh, this was the trap. Oh, 
the trap. Well, actually, I really wanted to confront the guy anyway, so it's not really a trap. It's more like just a good way to get what I want.